Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 234. O oh, Master, let me walk with thee in lowly paths of service free. Tell me thy secret. Help me to bear the strain of toil, the fret of care. Hymn number 234. Scriptural will be given by Shahidat from Maryland. I will be reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, 
nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thy. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt not tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science Textbook. Our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name, adorable one, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. For God is infinite, all power, 
all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 134. I look to thee in every need and never look in vain. I feel thy touch, eternal love, and all is well again. The thought of thee is mightier far than sin and pain and sorrow are. Hymn number 134. Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, where we discuss this week's lesson and how to put into practice this very practical Christian science. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m. on Sundays, 
And that Sunday school has its own teleconference number so that any child anywhere in the world can attend via telephone. And in fact, many of our students do attend via telephone who don't live in the area. That means that if you don't live in the area and you have a child of Sunday school age, you can, your child can attend. Just call us, we'll give you the number and would be very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery available for infants and toddlers so you can bring the whole family. We have... Uh, several websites, many in languages other than English, so that the pure truth of Christian science reaches around the globe millions, maybe billions of people, perhaps even in their own language. And this is all provided free of charge. Everything on our websites can be downloaded, listened to, read, free of charge. Freely we have received, and freely we give. And one of the articles that's now featured on our English website is one I'd like to point out, um, one that we need to be reminded of constantly. The title is The Price of Liberty by William D. McCracken. I recommend it highly. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony from miscellaneous writings, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Sylvia from Australia. The mother of a little girl about eight years old told me her child was having a severe attack of cold and was delicate and easy to take cold. I told her the little girl would be all right, not to give her any medicine, but read science and health to her. When I next saw the mother, she told me that the little girl was entirely well, that the cold had all disappeared, and with it a claim of night sweats that the child had been under for more than a year. The little girl had been out sliding downhill in the snow a number of times, had her feet very wet, but it did not affect her at all. They were all pleased, especially the child. Her face was beaming with happiness and smiles. This is just one little instance of the good that comes from reading science and health. T.W.H. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page 8 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Probation After Death. The golden text is from 1 Corinthians. 
The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The responsive reading is from Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Carol will now read. I will read from the Bible. Isaiah. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. Luke. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, 
and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. John, Jesus saith, The Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good, unto the resurrection of life. Second Corinthians. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. 
For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, are ye in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Elizabeth from Georgia will now read. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. Life is, always has been, and ever will be, independent of matter. For life is God, and man is the idea of God, not formed materially, but spiritually, and not subject to decay and dust. The psalmist said, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Life is deathless. Life is the origin and ultimate of man, never attainable through death, but gained by walking in the pathway of truth, both before and after that which is called death. The way through which immortality and life are learned is not ecclesiastical, but Christian, not human, but divine, not physical, but metaphysical, 
not material, but scientifically spiritual. Human philosophy, ethics, and superstition afford no demonstrable divine principle by which mortals can escape from sin. Yet to escape from sin is what the Bible demands. Mortals need not fancy that belief in the experience of death will awaken them to glorified being. Universal salvation rests on progression and probation and is unattainable without them. Progress is born of experience. It is the ripening of mortal man through which the mortal is dropped for the immortal. Either here or hereafter, suffering or science must destroy all illusions regarding life and mind and regenerate material sense and self. The old man with his deeds must be put off. Nothing sensual or sinful is immortal. The death of a false material sense and of sin, not the death of organic matter, is what reveals man and life harmonious, real, and eternal. Jesus' unchanged physical condition after what seemed to be death, was followed by his exaltation above all material conditions. And this exaltation explained his ascension and revealed unmistakably a probationary and progressive state beyond the grave. Death is but another phase of the dream that existence can be material. Nothing can interfere with the harmony of being nor end the existence of man in science. Man is the same after as before a bone is broken or the body guillotined. If man is never to overcome death, why does the scriptures say the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death? The tenor of the word shows that we shall obtain the victory over death in proportion as we overcome sin. The great difficulty lies in ignorance of what God is. God, life, truth, and love make man undying. Immortal mind, governing all, must be acknowledged as supreme in the physical realm, so-called, as well as in the spiritual. The dream of death must be mastered by mind here or hereafter. Thought will awaken from its own material declaration, I am dead, to catch this trumpet word of truth. There is no death, no inaction, diseased action, overaction, nor reaction. We have no right to say that life depends on matter now, but will not depend on it after death. We cannot spend our days here in ignorance of the science of life and expect to find beyond the grave a reward for this ignorance. 
Death will not make us harmonious and immortal as a recompense for ignorance. If here we give no heed to Christian science, which is spiritual and eternal, we shall not be ready for spiritual life hereafter. The educated belief that soul is in the body causes mortals to regard death as a friend, as a stepping stone out of mortality into immortality and bliss. The Bible calls death an enemy, and Jesus overcame death and the grave instead of yielding to them. He was the way. To him, therefore, death was not the threshold over which he must pass into living glory. Now, cried the apostle, is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, meaning not that now men must prepare for a future world salvation or safety, but that now is the time in which to experience that salvation in spirit and in life. Now is the time for so-called material pains and material pleasures to pass away, for both are unreal because impossible in science. To break this earthly spell, mortals must get the true idea and divine principle of all that really exists and governs the universe harmoniously. This thought is apprehended slowly, and the interval before its attainment is attended with doubts and defeats as well as triumphs. Christian science commands man to master the propensities, to hold hatred in obedience with kindness, to conquer lust with chastity, revenge with charity, and to overcome deceit with honesty. Choke these errors in their early stages if you would not cherish an army of conspirators against health, happiness, and success. Unless the harmony and immortality of man are becoming more apparent, we are not gaining the true idea of God, and the body will reflect what governs it, whether it be truth or error, understanding or belief, spirit or matter. Therefore, acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Be watchful, sober, and vigilant. The way is straight and narrow, which leads to the understanding that God is the only life. When false human beliefs learn even a little of their own falsity, they begin to disappear. A knowledge of error and of its operations, must precede that understanding of truth which destroys error until the entire mortal material error finally disappears and the eternal verity, man created by and of spirit, is understood and recognized as the true likeness of his maker. 
to divest thought of false trusts and material evidences in order that the spiritual facts of being may appear. This is the great attainment by means of which we shall sweep away the false and give place to the true. Thus we may establish in truth the temple or body whose builder and maker is God. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 304. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. Shepherd, show me how to go o'er the hillside steep, how to gather, how to sow, how to feed thy sheep. I will listen for thy voice, lest my footsteps stray. I will follow and rejoice all the rugged way. Hymn number 304.
Let's now sing hymn number 290. Press on, press on, ye sons of light, untiring in your holy fight, still treading each temptation down and battling for a higher crown. Hymn number 290.
from the Christian Science textbook, the Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. First John, third chapter. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Psalms 23rd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen.